to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. Today is April 26th. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by Sean Hooley. Today we're going to be discussing layoffs, insulin pumps, and a lot of other news, but the biggest news we have today is the layoff story. So first of all, how are you doing, Sean? I'm doing well, Danielle. How are you? I'm also doing all right. Should we just get right into it? What's the first thing we need to know to start our day? Yeah, I guess we should just get right into it. Uh, 3M is laying off thousands of additional workers. So uh, in its first quarter announcement, first quarter results, the company added 6,000 layoffs to the 2,500 that it already announced. Obviously, this is happening at a time in the industry where everyone is kind of experiencing these economic headwinds. So what are some of the 3M officials expecting this restructuring that they're doing to do for the company? They say that their restructuring initiative should save the company between $700 million and $900 million a year before taxes, which I'd imagine is no small amount. So they hope to save their money by reducing the size of their corporate center, simplifying their supply chain, streamlining their geographic footprint footprint and reducing management layers while streamlining go-to-market models that more closely align with customers' needs. So it, it seems like a big task they're taking on. And obviously, you know, when you cut 6,000 people from your workforce, that's not a small amount either. So it's uh, quite a big undertaking. Yeah. And that's a big chunk of change as well. And we'll jump into the earnings in a second. But at the same time that they announced these layoffs, it looks like there was also a shuffle of executives announced as well. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, as part of all this restructuring, it looks like Jeff Lavers, who has served as group president of consumer business and the interim group president for healthcare, which 3M is spinning off for the last nine months. Uh, his changes changes see his focus turned so, solely to the interim president role for the healthcare business. And in this whole restructuring, 3M also announced that Michael Vale was appointed to group president and chief business and country officer. So there's a few titles underneath him or people that are reporting to Vale, who's a 30-year 3M veteran. So a lot, a lot of movement, you know, nobody necessarily, nothing major at the top, I guess. You know, Mike Roman is still heading things up. Everyone's still reporting to him, the CEO, but it's still uh, some some shuffling down below. Interesting. And we just touched on this a second ago, but the company announced their quarter one earnings as well. So how did it perform in the first three months of the year? Yeah, uh, it was a bit mixed. Uh, the company reported sales that were down 9% year over year to $8 billion, uh, but that still beat Wall Street estimates, as did their earnings per share of $1.97. That was $0.39 cents ahead of the projections. So, you know, it's not a bad performance by any stretch. And you know, the company's sticking with its 2023 outlook despite these cash cutting measures. Uh, although adjusted sales are down two to six percent and adjusted EPS is between eight fifty and nine dollars. Hmm, interesting. I know that you in particular have covered a lot of layoffs in the industry for this whole year so far and in the back half of last year as well. So I'm sure we'll keep you in our back pocket for more layoff news. Yeah, unfor- unfortunately, it seems like it just keeps coming. Yes, but there is better news on the horizon. What's the next thing that we should know for the day? More uh, diabetes clearances. Uh, The FDA cleared a basal-only insulin pod for type 2 diabetics from Insulate. So in addition to having one of the market-leading insulin pumps with the Omnipod 5, uh, the new Omnipod Go allows Insulate to address a new population of people with diabetes. And how does the Omnipod Go work? So similar, it's based off the 
Insulate Omnipod platform. It's a longstanding platform. It's a standalone wearable insulin delivery system that provides a fixed rate of continuous rapid acting insulin for 72 hours. So it's got a tubeless and waterproof pod offered in seven different pre-programmed daily rates that range from 10 to 40 units of insulin per day. I know insulin pumps are an important medical device for people who have diabetes. So what makes this FDA clearance important for those people? Yeah, well, the uh, CEO of Insulet, Jim Hollings, had said that the company designed it to serve more than 3 million people using basal insulin or transitioning to insulin therapy to treat their type 2 diabetes. So that's obviously a, a large amount of people that, that it can address and it helps treat this population earlier in their treatment journey, starting them on pod therapy for insulin delivery rather than daily injections. And if they become insulin intensive, then Insulet offers a seamless transition to its other Omnipod offerings that would better treat an insulin intensive patient. Wow, 3 million people. That's that's a big portion of the diabetes population. And insulin has had a strong year so far. When does the company expect to commercialize the device? So the company said that it plans to commercialize in the U.S. in the next year, so 2024. No no further detail there, but it, it only just fully launched the most recent generation of the Omnipod 5 in the U.S. last August. So I'd imagine it's a pretty busy time on the commercial front for them. Interesting. What else should we know to get the day started? Well, the FDA cleared a surgical navigation system from Proprio, the company calls it the paradigm system for replacing traditional surgical navigation techniques. So what is the paradigm? It's what the company calls an advanced approach aimed at avoiding the pitfalls of traditional surgical navigation that pull away from the patient and disrupt workflows. And we've covered paradigm before on our sister site, Medical Design and Outsourcing, and our colleague Jim Hammerin talked about the company and found that the system is projected to improve orthopedic surgeries. For example, Suppose a surgeon is placing a pedicle screw and the system can detect a deviance from prior successful surgeries, which means the system could one day display warning signs. How exactly does that system work? So, well, what Proprio says is it's the first system of this kind to use light field technology in spine surgery navigation. It creates a real-time view of the anatomy and the surgical scene. The system has an advanced sensor suite to capture high-definition, multimodal, intraoperative images, and then fuses that information with preoperative scans. So it seems like quite a bit is what it does. Hmm. And how optimistic are the executives at the company? Well, Gabriel Jones, the CEO and co-founder, said the company is very enthusiastic about, about the potential. He said it could enable clinicians to revolutionize spine surgery. He says the company is reimagining how surgery is done, and it uniquely positions the system to capture important data needed to feed advanced computer vision and deep learning models that can help recognize, track, and analyze complex anatomical structures. And he concluded by saying, the potential of this technology in the hands of skilled clinicians has us all very optimistic about the future of surgical practice. I imagine this would help surgeons a lot too, and to reduce the fatigue that could happen in operating room. So very interesting technology. Absolutely. Now that we're halfway through, what else should we know to get our day started? Well, Abbott won a duo of FDA clearances for its Centrimag life support system. It covers the Centrimag blood pump and the Centrimag pre-connected pack system. So first of all, what is the Centrimag life support system? And then also, how does it work exactly? So it's a circulatory support system that provides extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, or ECMO, uh, to temporarily replace the function of the heart to keep patients alive. 
Hmm. Life support devices, I know, are essential medical equipment that are used in critical care settings to sustain vital organ functions and patients who are critically ill or injured. And that includes ECMO machines. So what are the new FDA indications for so they enable longer term support, which can give physicians more time to assess the next steps and make critical care decisions for patients. And it also accelerates the deployment of these systems. So it seems like two very vital indications. The blood pump can now run over longer term use, replacing the function of the heart to help patients with conditions like they mentioned COVID-19, as well as those who underwent open heart surgery and require further ECMO support. And the pre-connected pack allows physicians to provide full support in fewer steps in critical care settings before it got cleared for this new indication, the system required assembly from separate components, which obviously you would imagine would take a longer time to to set up and deploy. So it's definitely a, a step forward for Abbott and for this life support system. Yeah, interesting. And last but not least... Uh, last but not least, the FDA clears stroke system, stroke treatment system, excuse me, from Route 92 Medical. So it's a catheter-based system that treats ischemic stroke. Treating stroke quickly is extremely important and every second counts in intervention. When blood flow in the brain is disrupted, brain cells can begin to die within minutes. So that's why the phrase time is brain is so important. And it looks like this system allows physicians to treat patients who are experiencing acute ischemic stroke by removing clots safely and rapidly. What else does the system have to offer? Well, Route 92 Medical said that in removing these clots safely and rapidly, it offers what it calls a more refined biaxial approach for restoring blood flow to the brain during endovascular thrombectomy procedures. Have there been any reactions from physicians who have used the device so far? Yeah, uh, Dr. James Caldwell, an early user out of uh, Auckland in New Zealand, said the system offers easy delivery to the target occlusion for safe, effective reperfusion. Uh, the Tenzing catheter-based delivery can reduce procedure time, he said, and may reduce complications. He called it a comprehensive solution that will help clinicians overcome challenging neurovascular anatomy with greater ease and efficiency, providing better care for their patients. Awesome. These devices can really significantly improve patient outcome. And it sounds like this new device could do the same. So thank you, Sean, for coming on and giving us your expertise again. And that's all we have for today. But you can read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. And you can connect with us online as well. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, and the same name on LinkedIn. What about you, Sean? I am on LinkedIn, S-E-A-N-W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Please connect. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.